This is Toronto Today on TSN 1050, the voice of Toronto sports. Today on TSN 1050, TSN 1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you till 1 o'clock. I was waiting for the beat to drop a little bit. Came in too early on that, Scrizz. Wow. Just a quiet beat. Not really the oomph I like to enter a show with. It's all right. Your hip-hop acumen is slacking. <laughs> it's true. Uh, happy weekend, everybody. Drive safe wherever you're headed off to. Muggy outside. At least it's hot, though. Big show for you today. Lots of Blue Jays talk. Israel Fair, Toronto Blue Jays reporter for The Athletic Toronto, joins me in about 10 minutes time. NFL conversation with Tim Graham, one of my favorite guys from the Buffalo News. Bills are one of the most intriguing preseason stories of this offseason to me. The trades they made with Sammy Watkins. You bring in Jordan Matthews. Oops! Chip bone in the chest. Isn't that Bills fans luck? What are they going to do? With Tyrod Taylor, how's this season going to go? And we'll swing around the rest of the AFC East with Tim Graham. That'll be at 11.30. We'll have Sound Wars at 11.45. Then we have, this is going to be really cool, the Fantasy Sports Show Giveaway. We're going to have this at 12.15. Mikey Singer, who is the organizer of the Fantasy Sports Show, is going to join me at 12.30. But the giveaway, like, folks, this is going to be at the International Center okay, in Mississauga, August 25th to 27th, so next weekend. Expo, and it's fantasy sports, football, baseball, hockey, CFL, NFL, everything. And also a whole bunch of special guests you're having. Um, Michael Bisping, who is the current uh, UFC middleweight champion, he's going to be there. You have personalities from all over sports. The Fantasy Footballers Podcast, people from the Fantasy Sports Network, from the U.S., from Canada, all over. So essentially, if you like sports or fantasy sports... And if you're listening to this station, you're probably like one of them. Go to this show, 25th to the 27th, and you're going to be able to find information on whatever you want. You're going to be able to ask the experts. You have a question, your NFL draft's coming up. Try to take this guy. That you're going to ha- There's seminars. There's info sessions. There's interaction. Tons to do there at the uh, the Fantasy Sports Show. And you can check it out at the Fantasy Sports Show. Uh, .com. There's going to be the uh, ultimate sports den experience. There's beer gardens. There's food. There's shows. Uh, DraftKings is going to be there. Everybody. Including myself. So you know it's good. I'm going to be giving a CFL and NFL fantasy seminar on the Saturday. So I think it's 1230 and then 430. So, uh, yeah. You can come out and check that out. But we're going to have a great giveaway. Four tickets plus a very cool gift basket. That's going to be at 1215. Uh, but let's go to the the Blue Jays here. Uh, five three winners. And this is going to be one of the, the conversations of today. I'm still not buying that the Jays can make a run and get the second wild card spot. But the numbers are starting to get interesting. So the Jays gave up that lead and then came back to win against Tampa Bay yesterday, five three. They're now fifty nine and sixty two. They're three games out of the second wild card spot. However, they have six teams to catch. So one of our poll questions today, at TSN 1050 Radio and at AndyMC81 on Twitter, 
is the Jays are now 15 and 8 since July 24. They're playing 652 baseball, 41 games left to play, three games back of the second wild card spot. Will they make the playoffs? Your options. Nope, just a hot streak, or yes, they're getting hot at the right time. And you can give us a call to 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050, or uh, toll-free, 855-591-6876, 855-591-6876. So that's our first poll question. Uh, our second one is involving well, fantasy football, because your draft is likely coming up. I always like to have my fantasy football draft after the third preseason game. You get to see the starters play. If there's going to be any significant injuries, that's probably when they happen. So I always like to do it there or after the fourth week, just before, as close to the season as possible. Because inevitably, someone's going to roll an ankle or bust an ACL or something like that. So our second poll question at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81 on Twitter is, which high-profile player are you avoiding early in your fantasy football draft? Which high-profile player are you avoiding early in your fantasy football draft? Rob Gronkowski, Des Bryant, Ezekiel Elliott, or Jay Ajayi? So you have Gronk, of course, from the Patriots, Des Bryant from the Cowboys. Uh, Zeke also from the Cowboys in, uh, right now is facing a six-game suspension pending appeal. And J.H.I. from the Miami Dolphins. Let's go behind the glass. Mike Skrizniak and Joe Narsa. Skrizzy, who are you Howdy. avoiding early on in the fantasy football draft? With this question, thought yeah. about it long and hard, okay. I went with Des Bryant. Mm. And you know what? That's a great name because he's well-known. So if you're more casual, you might be, yeah, Des Bryant is always good. He hasn't played 16 games in what, Exactly. He's yeah. never healthy, and there are a ton of other better options at wide receiver. Cole Beasley. Gronk I never go with because, like, the tight end position, again, I, I always go late and try to look for value. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather have Delaney Walker in the eighth round than have to draft Gronkowski in the second or third. Gronk, if he play the odd time he does play a 16-game schedule, he's worth a first-round pick. But, but you can't count on he's it. Not, he's never healthy. Like, I'd be more, and if you want to stick Patriots, like, I'd be more keen to go Dwight Allen or Dwayne Allen, right? The, the um, uh, second tight end for the Patriots this year. Coming over from the Indianapolis Colts, the second tight end always gets used. Yeah, or or later, like in the Bill Belichick system, the second tight end always gets work. And when Gronk inevitably goes down, they get ramped up. Look at Martellus Bennett. Look at way back Aaron Hernandez. And Allen's going to do the same thing. So I think Allen's probably the safer way to go. Gronk's risky to me. So Chris saying Des Bryant. Yeah, there's the wide receiver pool is so deep that unless you're going Antonio Brown, Odell, maybe Julio Jones, but he's always injury Mike, prone too. Mike Evans this year, buddy. I you watch. Mike Evans. Oh, t- t- you don't have to sell me on Mike Evans, Chrissy. You don't have to sell me on Mike Evans. Come on. Him and famous Jameis down in Tampa Bay. I think a dark horse tight end guy too, and you can probably get him undrafted, O.J. Howard. I know rookie tight ends take a while to break in, but O.J. Howard out of Alabama... That is a complete player. That is a man-child. He can stay on the field. He's not your, your new-age tight end where really you're just a converted basketball player and you can't block. This guy loves blocking. Loves it. And what does that mean? Gets to stay on the field. So he stays on the field means he's available. And I think he's going to develop through the year. So as a, a undrafted guy, a really late depth pick, I love O.J. Howard. But yeah, Mike Evans? Oh, man. 
six, wait, six, five, six, six. Just go get. It. He just Winston just, just toss it up. Mike Evans, yeah, th- that's definitely a first round candidate. Uh, the other options: Ezekiel Elliott, Jay Ajay, Scrizzy, or uh, rather Joe, producer I, Joe Narsa. I would have to take. I would say Jay Ajay. I would stay away from him only because I look at last. Years People numbers. get thirsty for running backs, though, Joe. Yeah, but his numbers are inflated. Like yeah. he's had three games. He had three games with two hundred yards, but then it's like seventy-five, forty-five, sixty-one, and now with Cutler there, I just feel like they're going to put more pressure on head their, in the box. Defense, <laughs> yeah, the defense are going to put more pressure on the run game, and I think lock him up. And, and last year, he didn't start off very well for him. I mean, I remember he lost his starting job for the first couple weeks, and then he kind of got it back. Well, we have to think, too. Below average offensive line in Miami, they lost a starting tackle in Brandon Albert to the Jaguars. So you have that down. And don't forget, he had a concussion in the preseason. And those are unpredictable. You have those. Who knows? Might not be an issue. It might be. But people and and I don't I like a guy bec- I like I him know. because if color is just first round no not first round second round he's probably like the seventh or eighth back would maybe? you trust him as your RB one I wouldn't no because he goes here's the thing in I'd today's have a guy like Devonte Freeman or something yeah obviously. well like like in today's in today's league like guys like if you don't get a running back right away you're chasing your tail like last year I went. Wide out for a stacked wide receiver class. And then I had an injury and uh, running back. But I know I had Eddie Lacy. The butterball. Yeah. But if you don't get a star running back, because there's so many committees out there. And almost every team is a running back by committee. You gotta get one of those single guys, otherwise you're hosed. And then if that's your if you have a running back committee as your RB one, you're really stuck for your RB two. But Jay Ajay. Maybe if you're desperate, that's... It's um, hard because I like all of Miami's weapons except their quarterback. With either one. <laughs> Tannehill or Cutler. Zeke Elliott's... In, and Zeke's leading the way right now, early uh, response in the votes. If he's out six games, I think the strategy might be, yeah, you draft him, but then you try to get McFadden or Morris. And you have Ronnie Hillman to mix in. Like They could be going committee. That's the, that's the hard part with, their, with the handcuff, too. Is it going to be McFadden getting all the all the reps? Morris, we've seen him in the past with Washington. He can carry the load. It's very dicey. So uh, we'll get into more uh, fantasy football talk a little bit later on. Again, you can vote on the poll question at TSN 1050 Radio at Andy MC81. Which high-profile player are you avoiding early in your fantasy football draft? And uh, we also have the Blue Jays question that I brought up, and we're going to ask our next guest, Israel Fair. Toronto Blue Jays reporter for the Athletic Toronto. Izzy, how's it going? Andy, I'm good. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, anytime, brother. So let's let's get your your vote straight away here uh, on Twitter at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Blue Jays now 15 and eight since July 24, playing 652 winning baseball. 41 games left to play. Three games back of the wild card spot, but they still have to catch six teams. Will they make the playoffs, Mister Fair? Uh, my answer to that is is still no. Uh, I just think that they they're still not quite deep enough. Though the last couple of weeks uh, uh, have been somewhat encouraging, especially the, the performances of Josh Donaldson. Yeah, well, Donaldson, couple homers last night, right? And they came back. Like, is this a case? Do you feel like too little, too late? Because also, like the call ups, the pitchers are going. Like, this is not a team I feel built. Like, if you're trotting out. 
Chris Rowley and, and backups at in the infield. Like it doesn't seem like they're they they look like a playoff team. Totally. I think that's sort of where this team is at right now. And I'm sure we can play the what if game. What if Josh Donaldson was healthy all season? What if Aaron mm-hmm. Sanchez was healthy all season? What if Devin Travis didn't get injured then? Uh, what if some of their, their big time players performed well in April? Uh, would this team be somewhere closer to 500? Would it be above 500? We can absolutely play that game. But the way that the, the team is currently constituted, constructed, uh, you're looking at a team that uh, with Rowley and Tepish and whoever else they're going to have fill out that rotation, whether it be Joe Viagini sometime soon, you're looking at this team that almost needs to be perfect down the stretch in terms of their starting pitching with Stroman and Happ, who have been very good over this last stretch, uh, with Marco Estrada, who's had a couple of decent outings, which uh, doesn't mean he's turned the corner, but compared to what he was doing earlier in the mm-hmm. season is a big improvement. And then offensively, I mean, Donaldson's been carrying the load. He's been playing at an, at an unbelievable level, a level I, I don't think we've seen him play at since he's been here, and that's obviously including a season where he won the MVP. Well, and, and yeah, like the trouble for me, Izzy, is that like if you're a real contender and if you're a casual fan, you you should know everybody in the lineup, right? <laughs> like like you you should be you shouldn't be having these type of of call ups or fill ins. So it almost seems to me like all right, they'll get close, and then that's management's tool to be able to say, well, as you said, the what if maybe game, well, look how close we got with all that went wrong. So obviously next year we can contend again. But I think that's a little bit of fool's goal with all the question marks, especially in the outfield and and then at second. Totally. And I think that they're aware of that. And even if they do make a late push here, uh, there's the expectation that they're going to be looking at some alternatives in the outfield, or at least improving their depth there. Same thing with the middle infield positions, especially since you know that if Travis is playing, he's going to be a productive player for you. But the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy for three seasons now is making it mandatory for this team to add a little bit more depth, uh, add a player that can play second base, maybe a little bit of third and shortstop uh, that has a little bit more pop than what you're getting uh, from Goins and Barney on an everyday basis. But uh, I think that that's really just kind of where this team is at right now. They put themselves in a position where there are, in that pack with the rest of the American League, that's also fine, uh, and they'll have their ups and their downs. And the, the Blue Jays are fortunate that uh, after this series with the Cubs, they, they get a, a series with the Rays and another series with the Twins and Baltimore, a few more games with Baltimore coming up, some of the teams that they, that they really, frankly, need to beat to really put themselves in mm-hmm. this conversation. In conversation with Israel Fair, Toronto Blue Jays reporter for the Athletic TO on Twitter, at Israel Fair. So, yeah, if we look at, at some of the teams the Jays need to catch. This was uh, the series of Tampa Bay. Hey, if you would have swept that, you know, you would be up on them. Baltimore, also three games back. Tampa Bay, three games back. Then you get the jump. Texas, Seattle, one and a half. Minnesota and Kansas City also ahead of them. Like, the, the tricky part, and I think what Jays fans have to remember is, all right, the Jays can go on a run and keep playing great baseball. You have to have things go wrong for six other teams, right? Like if if all these teams even just win their series, not even go on long win streaks, like they're they're not going to make it. Yep. No, that's that's totally true. And you look at uh, you look at the schedule. You look at where all these teams are at, and really, what's going to be the deciding factor is, is those head-to-head games, and really, what's going to it's going to come down to the end of the season for this wild card race. There are yeah. going to be teams that are going to have a bad week or two and they're going to start to drop out of the conversation and really all the Blue Jays can do is 
keep playing at uh, at a pace where they're winning series or being competitive in series and making sure that they're at least in that conversation and that discussion because if they do, let's say, drop two or three this weekend in Chicago and then uh, struggle against the Rays down in Tampa, then that conversation is not necessarily completely over, but they, they put themselves behind the eight ball just because, as we've been talking about, really for the last couple of months there are all those teams in this mix uh, that all have uh, their pros and their cons, their strengths and their flaws. And, uh, and I think we know what they are with the Blue Jays as well. And depending on uh, what they get from those positions, uh, they have a, a shot to, to to be part of this conversation, but it, it's certainly no guarantee. So J-Hop gets the start today against the Chicago Cubs. And you touched on it earlier, been playing much better as of late. His last three starts pitched uh, six, five, and two-thirds, and seven innings with strikeouts eight, five, and ten. That beauty of, at the beginning of August against uh, the White Sox was was remarkable. For Hat, 34 years old, right? He's, he's in that, that range where, uh, all, all right, there's not too much time left, but if, if things go okay, then he can still be a, a contributor. Do you feel he has turned that corner like he's he's shaking it off like are you seeing out of, out of the stuff that he's throwing that the the early struggles of the season are behind him yeah i think so uh he's, he's been really he's been pretty darn good since coming back from the injury other than, a, other than a couple of bad starts this latest stretch here into august he's been very good he looks like the guy that we saw for most of last season and even this year when he struggled, he started to look a little bit more like the guy that I think we saw the first time he was in Toronto where he, he wasn't pitching deep into games. Uh, he was kind of a little bit finicky with the plate. Uh, and he's a guy that really relies on his fastball. He's a four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball guy. He mixes it up. He throws to both sides of the plate. And really, in this recent stretch here, we've seen him be very good at going side to side, knowing how to pitch guys. Uh, one of the things that he loves to do is to throw that high fastball for strikeouts. And when he struggled at times, that's something that's burned them. But he's been able to use that judiciously here. And it, it, it's a really good weapon for him. It makes him an effective guy, especially from the left side. And I think with another year left on that deal, if the Blue Jays have any shot or are thinking about trying to be a team that's going to be in the mix again next season, that he, he, like he's going to have to be a big part of what this team does down the stretch here. So, Izzy, when we look at this Jays team right now and how they've played, as you said, Josh Donaldson is playing out of his mind. Um, is it sustainable? Probably not at that level, but even if he can keep up a portion of it, the Jays are in, in great shape there. Uh, when you look at the starting lineup and you kind of go up and down, is there something or somebody you want more out of and you think can actually deliver on it? Like as far as, let's say, you know, Steve Pierce it was 0 for 4 yesterday, but we've seen him up and down with the, the power. And, and Morales uh, 1 for 4 the other day. Is there somebody who you, who you think could be on the cusp to contribute more and help with this push? I guess the obvious answer is Kendrys Morales mm. because he's been slumping for a decent stretch here. Um, I think what you've gotten from Pierce, especially lately, has been more than enough. It's really kind of what you would expect. And while Morales was signed with the expectation that he was going to be filling Edwin Encarnacion's shoes, there I think was a reasonable ex- expectation that uh, he wasn't quite the same player as Encarnacion. He would give you some power. And we've seen that at times this year, but the consistency hasn't been there. And of late, it certainly hasn't been there. And I know he's been battling a flu bug for about a week, and he's not been exactly in 100%, which uh, does hold him down a little bit. But I think that if you can get anything from him, but it, even if it's just sort of the big homers that 
that he was hitting earlier in the year, that will absolutely give this team some sort of lift behind Josh Donaldson, behind Justin Smoke, and then really anything that you get extra from a Kevin Pillar, Jose Bautista, Goins, Barney, uh, that's kind of the situation that you're looking at. And the fact that Russ Martin's currently out, I think, is, is really tough for this team. I'd mm. feel quite a bit better about their chances down the stretch if Martin was healthy, and we don't really have a clear indication of when he's going to come back. He's the kind of guy that uh, I wrote yesterday. You don't really notice the contributions necessarily on a day-to-day basis. There's there's a buildup there because of what he does with the pitching staff uh, when he goes on streaks at the plate. It's something that you've seen build over uh, days and weeks and sometimes months, and not to have him right now is, is a really tough one for this team because if he was healthy, he would be the answer to that question, Andy. But right. since he's not, uh, I do think that it, it's got to be Morales with the expectation that Look, we just we need you to contribute with a, a little bit more power than what we've seen lately, and understanding that uh, there are going to be some ups and downs. But if they, if they can get some of that power, I, I do think that that will keep them in some more games. Well, and, and as you said, with Martin, he brings so much more than just even what the casual fan sees. Having that comfort level with the pitching staff, right, and giving and be able to call yep. the games the way he does, frame up pitches into the strike zone and all that. Uh, Izzy, before we let you go, what are you working on at the Athletic TO? I see you posted an article about Josh Donaldson about eleven hours ago. Uh, but what, what else is coming up? Yeah, probably some more Donaldson work. I nice. mean, he's he's the he's the man right now. He's in the <laughs> zone. It's uh, it's a ton of fun to watch when a, a guy's at the top of his game like that. It is. It's a, it's a sight to behold, and uh, Blue Jays fans have been pretty fortunate over the last few years to see some guys play at a very high level. And uh, I mean, Donaldson might be right at the top of that list right now, which is, which is, again, hard to believe considering what he's already done for this team over the last couple of those years. Izzy, thank you so much, buddy. We'll do it again soon. Anytime, Andy. Take care. All right. That is Israel Fair, Toronto Blue Jays reporter for The Athletic Toronto as the uh, Jays get ready to take on the Chicago Cubs. They have to keep winning. They have to keep winning. That's. It sounds simple, but for the Blue Jays, it's all about you have to just worry about your own business because, oh man, like, all right, you have this tough series with the Cubs. They're in first place in the NL Central. And you can't have an off series. They've won three straight series. We read the stats out to you earlier, right? The 650-whatever winning percentage baseball. You're still six teams behind you still six and you have series against yeah baltimore tampa bay who are currently tied or ahead of you you got to keep going like it is still even though three games back does not seem like a lot it is still a climb and you can uh, follow izzy again on twitter at israel fair great uh, great work he he always does uh at the athletic toronto so you can uh, track him there and you can vote on our our twitter poll question at TSN 1050 Radio, at Andy MCD1. If now the Jays 15-8 and eight since July 24, playing 652 baseball, 41 games left, three games back of the wild card, will they make the playoffs? Nope, just a hot streak, or yes, getting hot at the right time, leading the way 57%, nope, just a hot streak. Joe Narsa, what are you thinking, buddy? Is this, are you buying in to this Jays hot streak or are you to make the playoffs, or do you think it's just a blip? I think they're getting hot at the right time, but my reasoning for saying no is the six teams ahead of them. Yeah. It's just so much to get through. But what would be interesting is if they can, 
you know, reel together seven or eight wins or six or seven wins and get to that right underneath or tied with the Angels, then I think it's very doable. But yeah. having to depend on teams losing and struggle while at the same time continuing to win and not lose games, and especially later in the season, you play a lot of divisional games. Yeah. You play a lot of Huge conference games. games. So it's tough because you're in your own league. Every game really matters. And so, you can control your own destiny to a point exactly. with those series. Exactly. But the problem is when you look at the Yankees and they're playing the Orioles, mm-hmm. whatever happens in that game is not good for the Blue Jays. Yeah, I guess with the Yankees with the top wild card spot, you want them to beat the Orioles at this point. Right. Okay. So if you see, for example, like the like, Angels playing the, the Kansas Orioles City. or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. In, in crossover games, that's a great point. In games like that, then the Jays are getting screwed either way. Really? Right? I guess you hope for splits. But they're tied right now three games back with Baltimore and Tampa Bay. So if those two go on a little bit of a dip, all right, then you can jump up to that next tier, Texas and Seattle, one and a half games back each. Then it starts getting really tight. So as long as the Jays keep winning, it's going to be an interesting discussion. If they go into Chicago against the first-place Cubs and lose a couple, then it gets a whole lot less interesting because then you just... You know, they're not going to finish any further back than they are. Detroit's eight and a half back. They're done. So we're going to take the break. On the other side, some NFL talk. Down to Buffalo we go. Tim Graham to talk about Bill's training camp, all the deals they've made, and look around the AFC East. A lot more coming up here in Toronto today on TSN 1050. The first pick goes to... Chris in particular, that being you know his hometown, something that hit home, I think. And he was one of those original guys that was in that conversation with players around the league last year. Um, obviously, he was on a different team. And so he was very familiar with, with you know, my thoughts and, and what I was doing. So I think for him, this was just that opportunity to use his platform um, in a way that was uh, real to him and, and genuine. That was Malcolm Jenkins. Welcome back to... Toronto today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, and on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. Still to come to the show, we'll have fantasy football, we'll have the fantasy sports show giveaway at 12.15. Mikey Singer of the fantasy sports show, organizer on at 12.30. And coming up in just a moment is going to be Tim Graham from the Buffalo News. And that clip you heard Coming in uh, was Malcolm Jenkins had his hand raised in uh, during the national anthem, and Chris Long put his arm around him. So Chris Long supporting uh, Jenkins during the um, the national anthem there. So of course all the issues and continuing conversation going on about players sitting, standing, making a demonstration during the national anthem. Bills also played yesterday, uh, and man, whew, Tyrod Taylor did not look good. Did not look good. You have Nathan Peterman, who they drafted. Middle-of-the-road guy. Like, Peterman is going to be... Nathan Peterman's your career backup type of pick. Right? And TJ Yates. I thought the Bills might be poised for a 7-9, 8-8 when they made that Sammy Watkins trade in the corner swaps with the Chargers and then the Eagles uh, to get Jordan Matthews. But uh, Jordan Matthews with the chip fracture or a chip off his uh, chest that's not good so I don't know how long he's going to be or how useful possession guy solid guy 
Not a lot of weapons for the Buffalo Bills and Tyrod Taylor receiver-wise. So they're going to have to rely heavily on the run. And that again means, okay, LaShawn McCoy, going to get a lot of work. 29 years old, though. What is he going to be able to do? Is he going to hit the wall? And when teams stack the box, how effective can he be over the course of the season? And you see the stats from yesterday's game. Nathan Peterman, again, uh, he was a fifth-round pick this year, this past year, out of Pittsburgh. 6'2", Accurate guy, apparently very smart, can pick up an NFL playbook, but he's, he's your career-type backup. He's going to be a solid guy. You'll hear his name floating around, I'm sure, just over the years. But Tyrod Taylor, 8 of 18, no touchdowns, two interceptions, 53 yards through the air. A quarterback rating of 12. Even for preseason, that takes some work. That takes some doing. Sacked a couple times, too. Nathan Peterman, 10 of 20. So, now the conversation coming up. Well, okay, is Tyrod Taylor's job in trouble? Listen, if you're the Bills, you go with Tyrod Taylor. Preseason, yes. Was it a terrible outing? Absolutely. And they're 0-2 in the preseason. He looked bad. But still, he is still your best option. What, you're going to trot out Nathan Peterman week one? A fifth-round pick out of Pittsburgh? Tyrod Taylor, you know what you're going to get. He's not a big risk taker. In general, now, last night's game would tell you otherwise. In general, he doesn't turn over the ball a lot. Uh, Doesn't stretch the field. Makes the calculated throws. Has the weapons with his leg. It's not going to be a great Bills team this year. So for Buffalo, you have built yourself, you have acquired through the Rams, Eagles, and other deals a lot of draft picks, multiple first-round, multiple high-round picks, so that if you have a bad year, and even if you don't, you still need to take the quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, his ceiling, we know what it is. And it's an average, at best, below-average starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, this year, Taylor may be terrible, but the weaponry around him. Like, you have Zay Jones, who's a rookie wideout. Again, not a burner, but very good timing-wise when he goes up for jump balls. He's a bit more of a slot guy. The rest, it's all slot receivers. So I think you're going to be seeing a lot of dink and dunk type of offense in Buffalo. But you're way better off going with Tyrod Taylor. Way better off going with Tyrod Taylor. And we'll try to get Tim Graham from the Buffalo News on um, in a few minutes to talk about the uh, the Bills and also the AFC East. Of course, the Patriots look um, unstoppable, par for the course. And Patriots are doing something interesting this year. They're holding multiple inter-squad scrimmages and practices, so practicing with other teams, and not playing their starters in preseason. So their starters are getting reps and and live practice situations against other teams, but they're not risking them in game situations. It's interesting because that way you're limiting the injury possibilities for your starters, but you're still having it against other opponents. So that could be the trend as uh, Roger Goodell was in Cleveland yesterday, was talking about possibly taking away a preseason game and adding an extra regular season game. So from four to three preseason games and adding an extra one. Uh, Some news also coming out from Pete Prisco, CBS. 
friend of, of show for TSN 4 Downs coming back September 2nd, saying that Blake Bortles has looked so bad, he wouldn't be surprised if he was traded or cut. How about that? Prisco, at Prisco CBS, very, has almost 100,000 followers on Twitter, very well-known NFL expert, says, he tweeted out, I will be astounded if Bortles starts next week against the Panthers. He looks mentally done. And Bortles was taken early in the draft. The, the Jaguars shocked everybody when they took Bortles. Out of uh, Central Florida. Big body guy, right? Like, looks the part. Like, if, you, if you're going to build a quarterback, you do it with Blake Bortles. And he's only 25 years old, but he has regressed. And that's the problem with a young quarterback. You, we were talking about fantasy football earlier. Blake Bortles and the Jaguars, they were the sexy pick last year. Take Bortles, Riser. And before last season, he finished 35 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. So a lot of picks, but you thought, okay. Threw for 4,400 yards, starting to take that next step. Seriously regressed last year. Just 23 touchdowns, 16 interceptions. I remember with Bortles, a lot of those were garbage time yards and scores. So for, for Blake Bortles, he was taken third overall in the 2014 draft. And it looks like he's busting out. So again, the Jaguars, you got uh, Tom Coughlin there as GM. And... You have Doug Marone in as the new head coach. And they don't have a quarterback. And on ESPN, you see the reporting. Uh, Jaguars should have done more with the quarterback position in the offseason to, to hedge their bets as far as what they can do. Because uh, Blake Bortles might not be very good. Your other options, Chad Henney and Brandon Allen. Scrizzy, you know who Brandon Allen is? Out of Arkansas? Yeah, I work with him at Foot Locker, actually. Uh, you, might, might be a different brand now. Oh, oh really? Well, actually, maybe not. It's third string Jacksonville. Might make the trip up. Those are your options if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's disappointing. They have an improving defense, real good defense, weapons on offense, but Blake Bortles. Pete Prisco reporting again, mentally done. And, of course, with any sort of quarterback situation when there's someone struggling or out the conversation comes up about Colin Kaepernick should it be Kaepernick Prisco tweeted if I were Coughlin so Tom Coughlin of course formerly of the Giants now running the uh, Jaguars said I would consider Kaepernick on a two-year deal for six million bucks with incentives to make more and he says and I don't think Cap is what some think but they could at least improve the run game with him here's the thing I haven't read anywhere any comments from Colin Kaepernick that says he wants to play. I haven't seen where Colin Kaepernick is coming out talking to me and saying, yeah, why don't I have a job? It's everybody else saying it. Like We don't even know how serious he is about wanting to play. So I don't know. With, with Colin Kaepernick, is he imp- an improvement over the backups you have? Uh, yeah. But he's still not a very good quarterback. He's still not a great starting quarterback. Like, what people have to remember is that if he could play at a high level, if he was still at the level where he took the 49ers to the Super Bowl, he would have a job. We see how forgiving NFL teams and owners are if you're a star. 
Greg Hardy with the Dallas Cowboys, monster of a human being, got a job. Right? The protesting isn't all it's about. Michael Bennett of the Seahawks, one of the best defensive linemen in the game, he said he's going to protest. He's not getting cut because he can play. Adrian Peterson, he can play. Ray Rice couldn't. Cut. Blackballed. Blacklisted. So for Colin Kaepernick to come in, again, his name always gets thrown around. Who who knows? Only he knows, and teams who have talked to him know, if he is going to be an option and wants to play the game. We have uh, talked about Blake Bortles before. Uh, Doug Marone, new coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, was saying about, uh, brought up the quarterback situation um, and says they need a quarterback, anyone, that'll actually lead the offense. I met with both quarterbacks afterwards. Uh, I told them what I'm looking for is I'm looking for someone that's going to lead this offense. So uh, I'm not uh, happy with the performance today. I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, BS anyone. I mean, everyone saw it out there. Uh, whatever you want to call it, I'm still trying to evaluate who the best person is at that position. But I also said this, uh, I, haven't, I wasn't able to speak to the team after I spoke to both quarterbacks, but I just want to make sure everyone understands that if you can do this at the quarterback position, you know, all, all the other positions are very easy to do. So when I sit up here and I talk about earning the right to play, that's what we're doing. We're trying to earn the right to play. So, you know, we're going to figure this thing out. I know I'm probably going to get a lot of questions during the week, timetables, who, how so-and-so. I'm, I'm just going to wait, evaluate it, see who the best person is um, for that job, as well as some other jobs out there. That was Doug Marone, head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, saying he needs a leader at quarterback, and they do. How ugly was that game? They lost 12-8. to 12-8. to eight. Bortles, 8 of 13, 65 yards, sacked once, and he just doesn't get it, man. Like he, He's mobile enough, like big body, like he's durable. You know he can sling it, but he's regressing. And when you're a young quarterback and you're regressing, that's where you... At some point, you got to cut bait. Yeah, but I don't know if the I don't know if the Jaguars can afford to. What do you you got to sell your fan base? Chad Henney, thirty two years old. Hey, Scriz. I got a fancy question for you, Scriz. You want to get the, the kids in the car, go down to the stadium, watch Chad Henney play? Huh? Oh, I love Chad. Nobody loves Chad. I'd rather drink Henney than watch Henney. Okay, what's your fancy question? Who would you rather have for this year, Tyrod Taylor or Blake Bortles? Oh my. Whew. I'd go Tyrod. I think he's going to be safer. Bortles, garbage time monster, though. It's true. But I, now, hearing Doug Marone's comments, I'm not convinced he's even going to be playing. At least with Tyrod, you know he's going to play. Or you should know. <laughs> Maybe. What a terrible situation you find yourself in your NFL fantasy draft if you have to pick between Blake Bortles and Tyrod Taylor. Those garbage points are... Are interesting though, but he's throwing a lot of picks. You want to hear something sad? What? Last year's I took Blake Bortles over Derek Carr. Oh my! Yeah, I don't blame you though. I took Bortles too. He was yeah. he thirty five touchdowns the year before. He was a monster the year yards. before, and I got him very late. Like it was like he was my backup quarterback. I don't blame you for that. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, like Derek Carr, Amari Cooper really hasn't developed. And then who else does he have? And like, give me a break. Nobody knew Michael Crabtree yeah. would be a touchdown machine. No way Crabtree's coming back. And so, did. yeah. So I took uh, Blake Bortles and the guy right after me took Derek Carr. And I like will never forget that mistake of a lifetime. But it, I, you can't be blamed. <laughs> 
Go Jaguars! Yeesh. That's like the only stadium where fans don't show up. But the only team that everyone, like, laughs to cheer at. Like, everyone's like, yay, Jags. Jags. Like, I, I kind of feel bad for them. They're kind of like London's team. Because the owner's like, oh my gosh, let's get get out of here. Please. <laughs> All the London guys are like, we'll take them. Yeah. They're not bad. It's like, it's football. They They don't care. The great thing about the NFL, though, if you're an ownership, if the Jaguars did not sell one ticket and it was an empty stadium... Before any year starts, NFL teams have already made $300 million. How's that for a business plan? <laughs> Why would you even bother marketing? <laughs> you, just, you automatically make cash. It's beautiful. All right. We're going to take the break. Come back. Some sound wars. We'll talk some more Blue Jays. Uh, CFL coming up this weekend. Argos hosting the Alouettes. And some more fantasy talk, too. As we have a fantasy sports show giveaway package. August 25th through the 27th down at the International Center in Mississauga. I'm going to be there. A lot more higher profile people than me are going to be there from the fantasy world too. It's going to be a great event. And Mikey Singer, organizer of the Fantasy Sports Show, will join me at 1230. A lot more coming up on Toronto today. Welcome back to the show. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. Then Mike Hogan takes over. Lots of NFL Jays talk still to come of our Twitter poll questions. Our Jays question at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Jays have been rolling since July 24. Three games back. They have six teams to jump, though, in the race for the second wildcard spot. Do you believe? Can they make the playoffs? Yay or nay? At TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Then our fantasy football Twitter poll. Which high-profile player are you avoiding early in your fantasy football draft? Robert Gronkowski, Des Bryant, Ezekiel Elliott, or J.H.I.? Leading the way so far there, Zeke, who is, has a six-game suspension pending. And here's tricky. If you have your fantasy draft coming up very soon, it could be like a Tom Brady situation where he could have it tied up in appeals. Remember, it took Brady a year to actually serve the time for Deflategate. So it's a bit of a risk. I like having the fantasy draft as late as possible before the regular season, but uh, if Zeke's uh, there and, hel- and and ready to go, he's definitely a first-round pick. All right, folks. It's time, and it is 11.52 on Toronto Today. It's time for an Elite Eight battle in TSN 1050's Sound Wars. Oh, what a hit that was! This is the worst one for sure. All right, the best sound bites are down to the Elite A, and you get to decide which one survives this TSN 1050 Sound War, brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Logger. It's on air moment, seed number three versus seed number seven. On air moment number three. Brian McCabe and O Dog discuss each other's physical shortcomings on the draft floor. You were a month away from having to go messy. <laughs> we talked about this last time. I, actually, I think it looks pretty no. thick right now. You have a river running through the side that's cutting in deep. You're a month away from gastric bypass surgery. <laughs> or on-air moment number seven, Brian Hayes has the reaction of all reactions to the Leafs winning the draft lottery. The first pick goes to the Maple Leafs. The Toronto Maple Leafs. The Leafs. The Leafs. They did it, Naylor. They, oh, they did it, Naylor. That's an underdog one, that number seven. I would have put that one higher. 
Okay, you can go to TSN dot, uh, tsn1050.ca, click on Sound Wars, and vote for your favorite on-air moment. Seed number three, gastric bypass surgery, or seed number five, they did it, Nailer! Voting for this Sound War closes at 3 p.m. Listen to Overdrive later today for the results and for the start of a new Sound Wars battle on TSN 1050. Sound Wars is brought to you by Old Tomorrow's new Lighter Up Light Lager at Select Loblaw Grocery Stores. There you go. Still coming up. Top of the hour. We'll get into some more uh, NFL conversation and the Jays. We'll open up the uh, we'll open up the uh, phone lines too. Four one six eight seven zero ten fifty. Four one six eight seven zero ten fifty. Toll free eight five 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 nine one six eight seven six. And also twelve fifteen. Fantasy sports show giveaway prize pack gift bags and four tickets coming up. And then the organizer, head organizer of the fantasy sports show, Mike, uh, Mikey Singer, at twelve thirty to join me there. Uh, and actually, I'm just getting word from producer Joe Narsa. Tim Graham, who was set to join us at 11.30, got tied up. He's joining us at 12. Program shift, shift uh, there, Joe. He was packing for a family vacation, so totally uh, totally good excuse. Very nice. He's probably trying out for the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback spot. I think he could he, throw. All you got to do is be better than Blake Bortles right now. Tim Graham is better than Blake Bortles. He might do it. You know what? We'll ask him. <laughs> Straight up? Straight up. Tim? First question. You better than Blake Bortles? That's stop. amazing. Hard stop. <laughs> How about that? All right. We're going to uh, take the break. All right. We're going to step aside. Tim Graham, when we come back, lots of football talks and Jays talk to all coming up here on Toronto Today on TSN 1050.